Welcome to the Tiproxy Method, creating confident learners. The Tiproxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much, and let's get started. So with kids who have extreme behavior problems, low self-esteem, it's yes, those boundaries, but also high praise when you can find it for the right behavior so that they can stop relying on negative reinforcement so that they can start now really embracing and trying for positive reinforcement. We really do change as people when people are honest with us, truthful and positive. So again, I really believe in giving kids life skills to foster positivity, foster independence, foster perseverance, foster self-esteem, foster real integrity and ownership of themselves and their behavior as a preventative measure to bigger issues, bigger behavior problems, lack of focus. And so again, we're, we have to come back to this idea that we're teaching to the whole child. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. Aloha and welcome to the Creating Confident Learners community. So let's get right into it. I'm so excited to do another question answer episode. So please remember to email me your direct questions at tawny.toproxy at tawnytutors.com. So again, it's tawny, T-A-N-I dot toproxy, T-O-P-R-A-K-C-I at tawnytutors.com. And I'll be happy to answer them in an upcoming podcast episode. And as we're in the new year, we're going to get straight into it. Some of these difficult questions to answer. So a lot of times we want to know all about the positivity and, you know, what's going on. But we do want to get to the heart of the problems as they come up. And this question to answer is how do I stop negative behavior in my child? So that was directly asked of me recently. And so it got me thinking as to what leads to negative behavior in children at home, in the classroom, and in general in life, and what, how we combat that in general. How do we stop that? So I will always say that kids who get everything in a drop of a hat, whether it's their way or things, are not the happiest children. And I know a lot of times when we have the heartstrings and we want it the best for our kids, a lot of times, you know, we want to, there's this, this draw to give them everything and anything that they want, but this does not create the happiest children. What they actually need are boundaries, accountability, the ability to persevere, to feel seen, to feel appreciated, to learn delayed gratification, to be held to high expectations and shown how to follow through. This enables natural integrity, 
So integrity really is what I do, even if no one is watching, even if nobody will ever know or see what I do, how do I actually act? What do I actually say? How do I actually treat other people? And this is linked to treating other people well and respectfully. Again, respect is a two-way street. If we want respectful children or they want, I always have conversations with kids like, I plan to be respectful with them. They need to be respectful to me as well. It's a two-way street. We are equals in that sense and we are treating each other well. They don't appreciate not being treated well. So, you know, it's the same as learning to treat others as the way that they want to be treated. So when we have these behaviors and we want to have kids who are full of laughter, we need parents as parents and not parents just as friends. So a lot of times when I see behavior problems, there is a tendency to want to be more of a friend than a parent. And kids really do need some boundaries, accountability to show up as their best selves, to show up with natural integrity, with laughter, full of light, treating people well, being respectful, not only to other people, but themselves. I know that kids know whether they are being kind or not. I have seen very extreme behavior problems where kids will throw out names or even curse words at adults. But if you ask them to look you in the eyes, they can't do it because they know, it's almost like it hurts their soul how disrespectful they're being. So, you know, that's a marker too. And, you know, we kids need to, you know, be accountable for the words that they say, the actions that they do. And I know that their parents, all they want for their child is to be happy. And sometimes it seems like that's the right thing to do. And it's oftentimes the easiest thing to do. So I will never say that being a parent is easy. It's for the hardest job in the entire world to be done well and to, you know, make those hard choices. It's, It's a teaching moment day by day, moment by moment. A lot of the kids that I've worked with who have the sweetest parents, especially the mother, this yet there's this nasty behavior that comes out in some of their kids. And I even argue that there's an emotional manipulation sometimes. The kids know how to pull on their heartstrings. They often throw tantrums to get their way because it has worked in the past. Oftentimes in a one-on-one setting, these kids want to show their best behavior. I had one child years ago, over a decade ago, he was a fourth grader. He was throwing F-bombs left and right. And when he met any new adult, he always wanted to put on his best behavior with new people and out in public. But in the home setting, his behavior was explosive. And anytime he slipped up, like, oh, they found me out that I have this behavior problem that I'm extreme he would always revert back to being really extreme in behavior in the words and actions that he did, the tantrums that he threw. Again, when we have children throwing tantrums in fourth, fifth grade, it's not okay and it's not cute and it's, you know, it's a lot when they get to that point. So again, I'm always about preventative behavior, but knowing that kids really, really thrive when they have accountability for their actions and their words. This particular fourth grader, he could have everything and anything that he wanted, but I can tell you firsthand that having those things whether it was his way or the physical things that could be bought for him, he wasn't happy. And that showed in his behavior. Oftentimes when we have behavior problems in the classroom, it's a symptom of trying to cover up things 
or it's a symptom of not having consistent boundaries or a safe container, or there's too much unpredictability in their life or lack of routine. So usually behavior is more of a symptom and we need to find what the root cause actually is. And I'm gonna always say kids need some type of structure routine to rely on. And when they have that routine, and it doesn't have to be super rigid or super strict, it's easier to act right when the expectation is there. When parents come to me about behavior problems in this question, how do I stop negative behavior problems in my child? Whether I've read all the parenting books or so forth, but it's really accountability and action and this idea of who is actually in charge, the child in charge or the adult who's dictating the emotional and physical reality of what does and doesn't happen. And the biggest thing that I've had to learn as a teacher, as an adult with kids, especially when I do deal with kids with behavior problems, is no means no and yes means yes. And usually I can have a really easy time with kids once this idea is solidified, once we understand each other, you know, we can just have fun learning once behavior is not an issue. I will argue when we have behavior problems that some kids do need to know why with an extensive conversation back and forth and understanding. But sometimes, especially with the boys and behavior problem, I've noticed it just needs to be no. It has to be no with finality. And yes, with the logical reasons of, hey, no, that's not okay because this, but it doesn't need a whole conversation. Kids who are acting out, who have behavior problems, they know what they're doing. Sometimes it's automatic, it's in their nervous system. It's almost a trigger and reaction. So it's almost just stopping that in the moment. Or And there can be a direct comment on exactly why you're expecting that. Like, hey, that's not okay right now. So when I personally deal with behavior problems, I also oftentimes have to point out to the kids like, hey, you want me to be respectful of you, right? That will means that the same goes for you. I need that respect. We're we're working together. It's a two-way street. It's a co a co-learning situation, we're a cooperative. And I point out to them, hey, you wouldn't want me to be rude to you all the time. So why do you think it's okay to be rude to me or to the adult or to the teacher or to the parent? And I often see lights go off in their eyes and the understanding started form like, hey, I'm doing this to you, but if you were to do it to me, I, it would be unacceptable. And little kids, younger kids, early elementary, mid-elementary, high schoolers, middle schools, they get it. They're like, hey, wait, I'm acting like this. And someone has actually pointed it out to me that it's not okay with them. And it's cool to see the lights go off that like, hey, I wouldn't want someone to be doing what I'm doing to you. And I really do have these conversations sometimes with kids who need it that respect is earned and that it's mutual respect And I do get to have a lot of fun with these kids when we have that mutual respect, but I will absolutely be firm about what is okay with me and what is not. And just that accountability, boundaries, you know, calling someone out firmly, not negatively, not meanly, but like, hey, this is absolutely not okay. You know, we can change that behavior with some truthfulness. And kids know this, so it oftentimes stopping the behavior and then later, often the next time I see them, we revisit why it wasn't okay and what to do differently. You know, sometimes you can't deal with the problem at hand when the emotions are heightened. It's just like, let's stop it right now, let's redirect and we'll revisit it next time when when you are more calm. But what I find with the kids who have major behavior problems, their self-esteem tends to be very, very low. And heavy praise, 
is really what redirects the behavior through positive reinforcement. So I grew up with boy dogs, boy goofy dogs that just listened and so forth. So my first female dog that I owned, Harper, who teaches with me in the classroom, when she was a puppy, she was out of control. She's a terrier and a Ridgeback mix. We went to dog school at nine weeks and they say dog school is really just teaching the humans how to teach the dogs. And what I learned, this type of breed, this type of dog really needed heavy, heavy positive reinforcement and not the negative reinforcement. And it's that idea of we catch more bees with honey than vinegar. So with kids who have extreme behavior problems, low self-esteem, it's yes, those boundaries, but also high praise when you can find it for the right behavior so that they can stop relying on negative reinforcement so that they can start now really embracing and trying for positive reinforcement. And we really do change as people when people are honest with us truthful and positive. So again, I really believe in giving kids life skills to foster positivity, foster independence, foster perseverance, foster self-esteem, foster real integrity and ownership of themselves and their behavior as a preventative measure to bigger issues, bigger behavior problems, lack of focus. And so again, we're, we have to come back to this idea that we're teaching to the whole child. And my two favorite tools, the gratitude, the breath work, become permanent life skills that reach far beyond just right now, far beyond just what's happening. And they compound with time and they really do help kids with a host of life skills that they need to become really happy, confident, capable children. And so that we can mitigate really extreme negative behavior problems, hopefully before they start, but even when they have started and reworking and rewiring that and reteaching so that they can really be the best kids that they can be. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.